Welcome to Life Lean In, a podcast that brings you biblical insight and tested tips on living your life to its fullest potential while leaning into the influence you've been given. And now, your host, Pastor Dan Smith. What's up, everybody? And welcome to Life Lean In. This is what I refer to as the best guest, Kelsey Smith, my wife. And today's topic is confessions of a pastor's wife. We did a podcast a few weeks ago, maybe a month ago, called Confessions of a Pastor. And honestly, it was one of the most watched, most viewed, most interacted with podcasts we've we've done yet. And so we had even some people say, hey, what about confessions of a pastor's wife? What is the real and raw? Yeah. In, in what you do and how you live life and man the how pressures and 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 just whatever like you're just gonna spill it but be, yeah. but before we get to that man we want to help everybody to get to know you better okay. so we're gonna have some fun for just a moment we're gonna do what's called kind of a rapid fire question answer so I'm gonna ask you oh, a man. question and you're gonna give me like a one word short answer okay and there's no wrong answers this is this is your life. Oh, man. Okay. All right. So, but this is going to help everyone get to know you. But by the way, if, man, if you have any comments for Kelsey or questions for yeah. her, man, put them in the comments. <laughs> man, send them to us. We want to hear yeah. your feedback. We want to hear what you think. And and so this is always a conversation at right. Life Lean In. Right. So here we go. Rapid fire. Ready. Are you ready? I'm ready. Number one, what's your favorite genre of books? Psychological thrillers. What is that? <laughs> like where people go missing and someone's killed and you don't know who the killer is. And <laughs> was I allowed to say that? Yeah, you're allowed. <laughs> no wrong answers. It says psychological thrillers. <laughs> she says, is that you're saying, do you like those movies too? No, I can't watch the movies. No. So you can read the books, but you can't watch the movies. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. Here's the second one. Iced coffee or hot coffee? Mm, hot coffee. I drink iced coffee too fast. Ah, where is your favorite place to travel to? Florence, Italy. I've only been there once, but it was amazing. It was, oh, you know, can I change my mind? No, it's okay. rapid fire. No wrong answer. Other but that one was would a be wrong Boyne answer. City, Michigan. Boyne City, Michigan, she mm-hmm. says. Well, I was going to say Florence, Italy sounds fantastic, but it also was kind of offensive because I didn't go with you. <laughs> I know. Sorry. <laughs> All right. So number four, what's the weirdest thing you do that most people wouldn't know about? Weirdest thing that you do that most people wouldn't know about? A quirk. I feel like you should answer that. You seem much more aware of my quirks than I do. <laughs> I mean, I have many that come to mind. <laughs> um, I have a couple. Do you want me to share? Sure. And then you can think about yours because okay. that's a harder question. So there, she doesn't, I don't think she does this anymore. <laughs> but when we first got married, Kelsey had one a day contact lenses and she was so lazy that and she would call it practical, but it was lazy. <laughs> um, that she would take her one a day contacts out and just drop them on the floor. So when I would go to make the bed, as a good husband should, just you know, some good tips Once for you guys. No, oh, come on. <laughs> I would I would step next to the bed and I would I would my feet would go <laughs> on top of these contact lenses uh. that were hardened on the floor, and there was piles of them. Mm-hmm. Another thing, even today, we have this little stir thing oh, that. Like we we can mix shakes on. It's called a frother that we mix shakes or you know mix your coffee in or whatever. Kelsey 
will not clean it. And so every time I touch it, there's like leftover coffee creamer on it. And I'm trying to make a shake. And it's the just, weirdest you know, things to care about. Um, I would say a weird quirk is that I love learning the dance moves to the girls' videos they watch, like Kids Bop Kids yeah. or um, what's her name? A vocal lesson. Cheryl Porter, voice lessons. I love learning her dance moves. I'm not sure that that's something that people don't know about because you post about it. You've posted about it. Oh. Mm-hmm. I, you, along. You should do it right song. now. I can't do the dance. All right, continue. Next All question. Right. That one took too long. So here's the, if you weren't working for the church, mm-hmm. what would be your dream job? Britney Spears. In the past. J- you, that's being a person, <laughs> not a job. <laughs> Performing like Britney Spears did when she was like, oops, I did it again. But that you, was like but what you. I wanted to do. Yeah, but So me you want to have a music. job yeah. like Britney Spears yes. that she doesn't really have anymore because she's oh, don't quarantined. Don't, no, we can't, we can't we can, even Okay, that's a different podcast. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I all right. <laughs> talk all day long about that one. Here's the last one. Okay. When did you really know that you were attracted to me? <laughs> could say so many fun things right now, but I won't. It's rapid fire. You're not rapid uh, firing. Uh, Uganda. When you did a hug line with Ugandan children. When I did a hug line with Ugandan you children. You always say you're not a hugger, and we were on a missions trip in Uganda before we started dating. And you, it was like you were like Santa. You had a, <laughs> you had a hug line with all the Ugandan children. I one wanted by to one. hug them. They came up and hugged you, and it was the sweetest thing. I wanted to hug and them. And so then I decided to join in, and then I was like, oh, my gosh, we're like Mr. and Mrs. Claus. This is so weird. Maybe we should date. And we did. And then you asked me to ask you on a date. Yep. Just saying. Yep. Man, what a, <laughs> what a great way to start. <laughs> mm-hmm. Confessions of a pastor's wife. Well, let's get, let's get after it. So here's how this is going to work. Okay. Kelsey actually shared these confessions with me and she's actually put it on her Facebook and Instagram and, and yeah. her social media to even say like, Hey, if, if what do you think about pastor's wives? Like, right. you know, what's your perception of, of a pastor's wife? Mm-hmm. What's the role, whatever. But you've shared some things to me and, and to some others that you want to talk about yep. that are confessions. So I'm going to share the confession and then you're going to unpack it. Okay. All right. Sounds good. So here's the first question or here's the first confession, not yes. question, confession. You question your calling. Yep. You question what you're called to do mm-hmm. in life. Yeah. Yeah. You know, growing up, I, I thought that it was, God would tell you this one thing you were supposed to do. And, and then I learned that in the great commission, the actual verbiage is as you are going. So anywhere you go, whatever you do. Um, but I remember recently I was at a conference and was in prayer during worship because that's like the only way I can shut my brain off from the musical side of me. And I was praying and I, I felt like God was telling me, you need to use your voice. And I was like, well, I already do. I lead worship. And he was like, I don't mean that way. Mm-hmm. And I grew up thinking that women could not speak in church. Mm-hmm. Um, By the way, what a great question for asking for a friend. Yeah. Yeah, can women are speak women in allowed church? to lead in church? Yeah. Are they allowed to speak in church? Right. Wow. Yeah. So I grew up thinking that's not, you know, the the platform is not a place for women in church. And so when I heard that, I wanted to battle it. Um, and some of that probably comes from insecurity too. But um, 
Yeah. I mean, and even outside of speaking in church, I always question, am I good enough? Um, am I worthy? I have, I know my imperfections more than anyone else, but then I remember God knows my imperfections even more than I do, even the ones I'm not aware of. Mm -hmm. And then you look at every single person he chose in the Bible to use. And, you know, you have murderers, you have adulterers, you have what else? I mean, anything you can think any of. Any kind of sinner. Yeah, any, any kind, kind of sinner. And he, and he used them. And, and so then I felt like I had a switch in God telling me, um, constantly questioning your calling <clears throat> or your worth is a form of pride because you're still thinking more about yourself than you're thinking about me. And so if you can stop thinking about yourself and just start thinking about what I can do through anyone, because, you know, humility, right, is not thinking less about yourself. It's thinking about yourself less. Mm -hmm. And I was spending so much time thinking that it was just insecurity, but it was obviously a form of pride, too, because I was always thinking about myself. Well, and along those lines, like, I know that you've been asked this question before, and, and we may not even even share this publicly we, we have within our church, but maybe not publicly through a life, you know, life lean in our podcast. But did you feel called to this? Did you mm. like when we were when we were married and we yeah. were discussing planting a church, starting a church from scratch? Yeah. What was that journey like for you? I mean, you you, you knew that you were marrying a pastor. Right. I mean, right. You, you knew that when when I had asked you to marry me and you said yes, you knew that you were marrying a pastor. Right. But you didn't necessarily know that you were marrying a church planter or right. whatever. So like, talk yeah. about that. Or, that, or are that, you forced to have my calling? Right. I was going to say that would be, that would be another confession. I think people think that when, um, when someone, when a pastor decides to pastor a church, it's just expected of the wife to fall into line. Mm -hmm. And my confession would be, I was not forced. And at first I didn't want to. What do you mean by you weren't forced? You gave me the option of this is the calling I feel. I was teaching middle school choir and loving loved it, it, loved it. And you were great at it. And you, thank you. Yeah. And you said, if you want to keep teaching middle school choir, that's great. Keep doing that. Like, and so I remember we sat down and we made a pros and cons list. And um, a lot of it was just fear of, you know, I had never really stepped out in faith to a point that I had to see God move. I, you know, um, knew kind of what job I wanted to have, but it was never like, okay, we're going to put everything into this and just trust that God's going to provide for our family. Both of our salaries are gone. Right. We're going to take away our salaries. Insurance is gone. Yep. We're having a baby. Right. And so some of no my- insurance. Yeah. Some of my thoughts of not wanting to were very selfish and very fear-based. Mm -hmm. um, but I also did. I loved my job. And, you know, and Dan, the only thing you said was pray about it. And whatever God tells you, I'll support. If you teach, if you keep teaching middle school choir, awesome. There's a, there's a job for you here as a worship leader if you want it, mm -hmm. but pray about it. Yep. And that was our whole conversation. And I remember coming back to you and saying, you know what? I want to do we this. And even in that process, I remember like we were I was discussing like trying to find someone to lead worship if you weren't going right. to take that on. Right. And, and so, you know, I think that's important thing to even in marriage, like for a believer, like one of the, I know, I remember one of the conversations we had about calling is for every believer, which mm -hmm. means it doesn't matter your title of pastor or church leader for every believer in Christ, every disciple of Christ, 
your calling mm -hmm. is to love God and to love people. Yeah. And, and I, I remember one of the conversations I had with you about teaching was it doesn't matter what mm -hmm. you teach, what you do, whether you're in the business world or, you know, whatever, as a Christ follower, right. your job is to love God and love people mm -hmm. and to show them yep. the people around you, his love for them. And so yeah. I said that your, your ability to teach music was secondary right. to your ability to, to love, love God and love people mm -hmm. and, and, and your teaching, you know, and, and your love for people transcended that. Yeah. And so what made you a great teacher is, is also what makes you a great leader in the church Thank was you. you see that you see that that is the primary calling right. no matter what you do. And now I still get to work with my middle school choir students because they're interns. Yeah. They're on the worship team. They're serving in the church. How amazing is that? And it's so cool to see God come full circle. Yeah. So. Here's this. Here's the second one. I struggle. This is hers. Yep. You struggle to set aside time with God. Yeah. So I remember when when I said like, okay, I'm going to be a pastor's wife. My first statement to Dan was, but I don't, I don't get up at 5 a.m. to pray over the church, because that was what I had seen, and I I do want to say that is incredible. Yeah. And that's never something to stop striving you, for. You, you, the, our old pastor's wife, yeah. that's what she did. Yeah, she got and up so at 5 you immediately thought that's the expectation. Right. And but I, it's not for, that's not for everybody, right. but that's amazing. I recently heard a pastor's wife um, at a conference say, the hardest thing in our role is that people don't actually know what it entails. When you think of, and even, I mean, the same with a pastor, but there are certain things with a pastor that it's like, okay, you know, he preaches on Sunday. He leads his flock, you know, all of these things. He takes care of his sheeple, but sheeple. she said, you know, the hard thing with pastor's wives is that there's so many differences. And so I came into this not thinking that I needed to fit into just the mold I had seen before. Um, but going off of the, the struggle to set aside time with, with God, you know, I always, I, joke, but it's very true that I'm not a morning person. I'm not a night person and I'm not a middle of the afternoon person. I have some peak hours like 10 to two and four to eight when I'm like, great. To we be celebrate that. And we are like, man, you get after it during those hours. But I have been challenged that my day is completely different when I spend time with God in the morning. And there's a reason why you know, it says Jesus would take time away early in the morning to pray mm, yeah. to his father. And there's just, I love to read my Bible at night because I always read before I go to bed. So before I start reading that psychological thriller, I read my Bible. Set, really sets you up to, <laughs> I know, to, see, to see the good in that. But or the bad. I have been very challenged that that's something I need to work on because it, it's, in, it's scriptural mm. and... Nothing bad can come out of having an appreciation for the morning time and setting aside, giving that tenth, your tithe, the first of your day to God. Yeah. And so that's something I'm, I'm working on. Well, and it's, it, it's, honestly, it's, people should be encouraged because it's a battle. It's a battle for mm -hmm. us all. Yeah. Like the enemy of our souls wants to take us away from God. Like right. he doesn't want us to spend time with God and. And even the littlest things can get in the way of our time with God. And right. we need to protect it. We need to fight for it. Yeah. Um, I know I've I've said this before, like I'm an early morning person, mm -hmm. which is great for you because you can sleep in and it's it Eight works out in marriage. And That's when I open my eyes. Um, so I have the girls 
but that's also my like I wake up and the first thing I do is I read my Bible. Right. But and I've and I've shared this struggle of my my own confession again is like when the kids wake up, then it's it gets a little more distracting mm-hmm. and my time with God can can wane. And so But what can they learn from seeing you have your time? Hundred percent. You can and do it with them. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And worship, turning on worship music or, yeah. or praying, like whatever that looks like. But you gotta fight for it. Yeah. And so even if I'm finding that my time with God is less um, uh, deep and sweet and awesome, then maybe I do need to get up earlier. Yeah. And there's been moments in the last, honestly, the last couple of weeks have been beautiful because I felt like God woke me up early and I was like, oh my gosh, like, I wish I had just an hour or maybe 10 more minutes, whatever it is. And then God's like, no, I want you to pray about this. Yeah, that's awesome. And so fight for it. Yep. Here's number three. You battle with anxiety. I do. I So I remember a message you and I did together for church maybe a year ago when I said something about loving Lexapro. And we filmed it on a Wednesday because it was COVID. And then it was being broadcast on Sunday. And from Thursday to Sunday morning, Satan went to war in my mind of you never should have said that. Like, people are going to judge you. People are going to condemn you. Um, And that Sunday, when that service aired, I probably had five to ten other women reach out to me and say, thank you for sharing about that. And I realized, you know, it's not something that we talk about often. And it is becoming more... um, known and people mm-hmm. talk about it, but starting in college, right. As, starting as in college, I realized that I was really battling with it. And so went on medication and through different seasons, I've upped my dose. I've downed my dose, you know, different pregnancies. And now, you're down. And now I'm, I'm down, down right now. Yeah. yeah. Um, had, you know, had a really hard time with pregnancy and, but the best feedback I had, um, was I had a friend who reached out to me and said, you know, you, you constantly claim that you have anxiety. And she said, but the Bible doesn't say that. It says be anxious for nothing. Mm-hmm. And so she says, maybe you can change your mindset in that it's something that you struggle with, but don't claim that as a title for yourself. Right. And so that's been the best thing is that while, I, you know, while I'm happy to be open about that struggle, um, it still is something that, that I'm fighting because I don't believe that that's just how God created me to be. Yeah, yeah, that's great. And people battle with anxiety yeah. for, for many different ways. Yeah. Number four, you wonder if you hear God wrong. Yeah. This kind of goes with the question, my calling, I guess. Yeah. Um, but my life group right now is doing a book study uh, called You Are the Girl for the Job. And she was talking about how, you know, we have sometimes you say like you have these people that say, I heard the audible voice of God tell me to do that. And I can't honestly say if I've ever heard the audible voice of God. I think I have a lot of nudges where I'm like, ooh. And normally it's when, like, I don't want to do something, so Mm -hmm. I know that it wasn't from me. It was obviously from God. Right. Um, Or it's clear if you actually have prayed for something and you're like, And then someone else confirms it And then all of a sudden it's like, okay, I see this opportunity very clearly. Right, right. Um, But, you know, I've had so many times of, like, even in seasons – where if we're not seeing the church grow, I'll say, oh, maybe I heard God wrong and we're not called to this and started to realize God wants to grow his church and he wants to grow us and he uses imperfect people. And so even if we do hear God wrong, if our heart and our desire is to be obedient to him, 
he's going to bless that anyways. You know, if our yeah. heart lines up. I have a follow-up question. Yeah. Go, go ahead. You were, I, I think that was it. The follow-up question <clears throat> would be is, do you think part of that is we put an over, maybe maybe an overemphasis on trying to hear God rather than just be obedient, hear God through what he's already said. Yeah. So, um, who we call our pastor, like we see the Bible as God's word to us. Right. And we go to that and we, we get clarity. Well, I remember in a message we watched a few weeks ago with our pastor, pastor Chris Hodges, Mm -hmm. he said, he'll wake up in the morning, hold his Bible. And he said, and I literally kiss my Bible. And he said, that may sound weird, but this is God's love letter to us. And so, yeah, I think, I think sometimes we might use that hear God as an excuse when we don't want to do what it says and be obedient to what the word has already given us because he's given us so much in those pages. But yet I think sometimes if we, maybe we're looking for a way to not be obedient to that, it's like, well, I want to hear God tell me this. Yeah. Yeah. That's a, that's a good thought. Yeah. Number five. It's a balance to see your husband as your pastor and your boss. And some days those are easier than others. Your pastor, Pastor, husband, and and boss. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you know, I think that I think people may look at the situation from the outside and think our visions are always the same for the church. Um, Our passions are all the same. We don't argue. we, you know, it, it doesn't hurt me when someone says something about you as their pastor, like it would a wife. Wait, they say stuff about me? <gasps> bad about you. Yeah. People say bad stuff about me? I know. To shocked. you? Mm-hmm. My inbox, my email wow. inbox. Just your email? No. <laughs> no. Not texts? Texts. You've had it In person, lots. Yeah, it's It's really great. funny. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think maybe, you know, even we work together. All day, every day. We have staff that's family. Um, Mm -hmm. We have staff that's not family. There's a very um, messy dynamic, but what Dan calls it is brutal. It's brutal and it's beautiful all at the same time. And, um, you know, I remember one time we got into a big fight during a staff meeting and I was told to leave the office until I could get it together. I think I was, I, I think someone reminded me later Yes, I did. I kicked you out of the meeting, mm-hmm. and um, you left to get it together. I, I think someone – was that your birthday? No. That was different. I don't cry on my birthday. <laughs> oh, it was my birthday. It was – There was there was oh. at least – it doesn't matter, but it – Okay. Anyway, so you got kicked out of a meeting. Mm-hmm. I got kicked what? out of a meeting. I went and sat in my car. I was being very disrespectful of my boss, and that's something I've had to learn where you'll ask me, would you treat any other boss like this? Or is this because I'm your husband? And so I've had to learn and still struggle with separating the two. Um, But it was actually a great day because... Maybe a follow-up. This is great great stuff, but is is it even appropriate to be disrespectful to your husband? Right. No, none of it's appropriate. And and vice versa. Right. Exactly. But I remember I went and sat in my car um, and Hugh came outside and we had a great conversation in the car and we're actually able to come back and apologize to the whole staff. Yeah. Because of because our actions affect them, right? You know, and so huge shout out to our amazing staff, amazing staff. They also work as marriage counselors, therapists on our off days. Um, we have the best staff in the world. They are so. awesome. 
and real and raw. And yeah. honestly, the best the best marriage advice I can give you, the best pastoral advice I can give you, relational advice I can give you, workplace advice I can give you is when you're wrong, own it. Mm-hmm. And get a counselor. And say, <laughs> yeah, I mean, speaking of that, it mean, plays, plays into that. We, mm-hmm. we have a counselor and we've had one for at least, we've had seasons of it, but we've been yeah. committed to, to having one. Um, for the last couple of years. Mm-hmm. And, and then I have one on my own too. And it's really helped us a ton because we have that third party voice that can yeah. speak into our worlds and, and really help us with this dynamic. Cause not everyone is the pastor of their wife. Not everyone is yeah. the boss of their wife and, and vice, you know, right. Vice versa working for me and, and whatever. And so that's a dynamic that we right. have. To- and you know, I'll, I'll joke on a Sunday morning that if he's talking about something controversial I it's a joke but it's also something I've really had to to wrestle through because I'll sit in the message not hearing it from my pastor I'll sit in the message hearing it and wondering who is this going to make mad that I'm going to hear from yeah and so I have to I recently heard another podcast about um you have to come into the room in a merry yeah in a merry spirit and be available for the moment of what Jesus wants to do in you. So I need to hear from my pastor as much as you need to hear from your pastor. And I have to stop worrying about how it's affecting someone else in the room. And so I need to be in that merry spirit to what is Jesus telling me through you? Well, and and honestly, that's, as I think about that, when I, when I, when, when a pastor approaches a message the best messages are the ones that we're 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 taking. Working, yeah, doing your you know, like working through on your own. God is speaking to us and we're working on our own lives. Yeah. And we're sharing that with others, you know, and it's God's word. And so we we can't I can't throw God's word to the side. Like that's right. what I, you know, we're called to to share what he is, but I a good message comes from him working on me. Yeah. And then he's working on us as well. So sure. that's that's good stuff. Oh my goodness. Number six, she says that her kids are actually sinners. Oh, man. Yeah. You know, growing up, I thought. Um, and her, their parents are, too. Yeah. Yeah. Growing up, I thought, oh, my goodness, like pastors, kids must just be perfect, be in their Bible daily, praying daily, um, you know, never say naughty things, never get spanked, never get in trouble. Oh, ours um, do. And, you know, our kids are like anyone else's and we, we battle with how to parent them best. And, and we say, we always joke, we're in counseling because of our parents and our kids will be in counseling because of us. You know, we can't, as we're all still human. So as much as we try, um, thank goodness that we have God as the perfect father because they're, they're not going to get that from us, but we're still striving and there's times that my kids do things that I'm like, I don't know if I want anyone to know about this, but they're still <laughs> or, sinners. And, and then when you ask that question, then you post on Instagram and then it blows up because everyone can relate. Yes, exactly. Right. Yep. Yeah. I mean, our, our kids are still sinners. I think one of the, the challenges of pastoring is, is you, you think you have to have it all together. And right. I, I have been resolved from the be- very beginning. And we've used this phrase a lot recently that there's no perfect people allowed Right. At New Life Church, because the only perfect person ever to walk the earth was Jesus himself. And yeah. he's who we need and he's who we're looking to for direction. Mm-hmm. And we want his power and, for living. And so, man, there's no perfect people allowed. Right. So if we're expecting our kids to be perfect. Mm-hmm. Right. 
You know, like I want them to come to church because they want to. They mm-hmm. they have a desire to love God with everything they've got and to, to be with their friends and to grow and right. to be better versions of themselves because yeah. of what God's word says. And man, we always, I love it. Our kids, man, you'll even ask, hey, do you want to go to church? And they'll say, yes, I want to go to church. Every day. Is it a church day? Is it day? a church day? Is it a church day? Like mm-hmm. we want kids to drag their parents to church yeah. and you don't. You don't create that environment by trying to make your kids fit right. a mold or perfect, be perfect. Right. They have to have an experience with God yep. to want to grow and to be a part of it. Yeah. Number seven. Dan and I still get in arguments. <laughs> yeah, we kind of talked about that. Obviously, we had a, a staff meeting blow up. I was going to say blow out, and then I realized that's Ooh. like a diaper. Yeah, that's- <laughs> The wrong cut, yeah. But yeah, I mean, we have we have learned and we're are still trying to get better at fighting well. Mm-hmm. I would say, um, but no marriage goes without disagreements and arguments. Mm-hmm. And the best thing that I've learned is how to fight well and honorably, and to remember that sometimes fighting or disagreeing is a good thing because it means there's something worth fighting for. Yeah. You know, and so Absolutely. I don't want to get to the point that we just disagree and we don't talk about it or we don't what I call duke it out. Um, but we have learned in some seasons how to fight well. Well, what's what's interesting, we, we've gotten way better at this and it's, you know, we relapse, but we've mm-hmm. gotten better at our fights and they're less than we used to. And we yeah. we talk things out a lot calmer. Um, I always like to joke that I'm a redheaded Irish Texan, so I can go zero to 60, uh, yeah. in flair, um, very quickly. And, uh, but I, I also think like we've talked about how you, you t- typically have the mindset of not wanting to address issues with people mm-hmm. like you're a people pleaser. You don't want to ruffle the feathers or, yeah. you know, whatever, duke it out if you will, or share a tough truth with a friend. Right. But you've done that with me. I don't have that problem unafraid, with you. <laughs> you know, and and honestly, it's kind of it's kind of weird because even some of the things that we're learning in counseling is, man, you'll be bluntly on, you'll be blunt with me and mm. come at me, and you're learning even, you know, in 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 some moments where it's it, it can be disrespectful towards me, right? Um, but. Getting better at that in other situations. Yeah. Yep. So I mean, it's 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 kind of it's one of those areas that you're, you're we're figuring it out. Yeah. And we're learning how to fight better and and, and talk it out and work through it and. Yep. Um. What's number? Number eight. Number eight would be. Um, I actually just had someone message <clears throat> me about this this morning, um, and she said that her thought of a pastor's wife was that we come across happy, oh, but inside we're miserable. And our husbands, because they're the pastors of the church, are never home. Wow, that's a great one. Great. Yeah. Great. That's great. um, I very honestly said there are moments when I feel miserable. Um, But those moments don't come from the role I play. They come from my lack of time with God or my lack of dependence on God or my need to control a situation on my own. And so that's a question we'll always come back to is, if, Give if, an example. What um, like what is that? What do you mean? So I had a rough week last week. Came home crying on Wednesday night after having a hard conversation, and I told you I don't want to do it anymore. It's too hard. Do what? Uh, ministry. 
I don't want to leave. Um, and the next morning I woke up thinking how, so I always ask myself, like, how has my time in the word been? Um, and I had a friend that night when I was saying like, I don't want to do this. I'm not, I'm not good at this. I'm not called. She said, but who does, so that's who Satan is telling you, you are, who does God say you are? And at that moment I looked at her and I said, I don't even know right now. And that was when I was like, well, but if I was spending time in the word, I would know those truths. Mm -hmm. Um, and actually amazingly, we had been singing Jira that week for worship team. And the bridge says, I'm already loved. I'm already chosen. I know who I am from what you have spoken. Mm -hmm. And so having that reminder come in to God's me word. in his word of what he's spoken. And so <laughs> any of those times that I feel like Ugh, I'm miserable, it's not because I would give up ministry for anything or not because, um, not because of something you're doing where you're never home. It's more a reflection on me and how I'm handling the role and if I'm putting my dependence on God. Um, but she also said something about, you know, I pastors are gone all the time. And something I've been telling Dan lately that I'm very thankful for is that I would say probably six out of the seven nights of the week, you're home with, with me and the girls. I'm probably actually gone at night more yeah, than we, you are. Yeah, we have to... We have to have, yeah, we have to I have like to conversations about trying to, yeah. let's have a night at home together or but, let's have a night at home. But with I would kids. say from the beginning, and maybe that's because of what you've seen in, in your history in ministry is that you always fight for family time. I've had great mentors. You've had great mentors. Yeah. Great yeah. And, you know, so I always tell the girls, you're so lucky to have a daddy that's able to put you to bed. And, you know, we're, we're so blessed that we, the four of us can have dinner together and we go in seasons where it's crazy busy, but I would say more than anything, actually, you're the one fighting for it more than I am. Yeah. And we have, we have more of that to come. I mean, I've, I know personally, I've been praying about even our next, you know, Harper is getting into athletics or sports or different activities mm -hmm. and we have more conversations to come on, man you know, what's, what's the cutoff? What, yeah, yeah. What, you know, what is, How what is going to be, do? cause we're, we have to own our schedules. Our schedules mm -hmm. don't own us. Right. And you know, when we talk about quality time with our family, yeah. with each other, whatever, there's nothing more important. And right. so we, we need to say no to some things. Yeah. And off of that, I had a mentor tell me, you know, you always think of these lists of priorities, God, spouse, kids, what, you know, whatever your priorities whatever are. Else. And she said, I would argue <clears throat> that if you focus on priority one, God, then you don't need to make a list for the rest of it because we have a God of order, not of chaos. Mm -hmm. And he will put everything else into alignment. And she said, you know, those things, those other number two, three, four, five, they may shift some. Yeah. But if you're putting God as number one, then he'll line that up because he's a God of order. Mm -hmm. And so even as you look at your calendar, as you look at your schedule, as you look at your time with your family, seeking God first, and then he'll oversee the whole thing. Yeah, for sure. Number nine. I, I don't have it in my notes. So I'm trying to think if I have another one. Do you remember what number nine one. is? I thought, you had a, I thought you had nine of them. Oh, I took it. Oh, I don't have. This is number nine. Number nine. Confession number nine. I don't have every Bible story memorized. I was asking someone this morning, they said, my Neither thought, do I. They said, my thought of pastor's wives was that, was that they could name off the books in the Bible in order. 
that they know every story in order. I did have to do that in seminary, and I bet you cash money I could not do that right now. <laughs> so I'm actually going on year three of reading the Bible in a year. So my third time through mm-hmm. the Bible in a year, and I still will be like, wait, did Cain and Abel come first or Jacob and Esau and what is happening? And sometimes I just want to like write out a huge chart, but that would be really time consuming. But yeah, I don't have all of that memorized. But the more you're in it, the more you know it. Right. I mean, and that's true of anything. Like the more you devote yourself to something, yeah. the more you you know it and you and have it. And it's just like if you pour yourself into music, right. you're going to know music more. And the way, honestly, I do want to say for anyone who's maybe a new believer in reading through the Bible is intimidating because I... I didn't enjoy church as a kid. So I felt like I missed a lot of those Bible stories because that's when they're taught. And especially I, Old Testament. Right. right. And I, you know, I didn't I my parents had to drag me to church and I would cry and say, please let me sit in big church with you. I don't want to go to kids' church. Because I was a public school. By the way, kid. that will never happen in your life church. <laughs> yeah. We will the kids will love it. And so I felt yeah. like I, you know, I missed a lot. And that was actually a point of shame for me for a long time when I stepped into this role I was like I don't know enough I don't and but the way the best way I've learned is by actually reading the children's bible to my daughter Mm -hmm. and so if you're a new believer in the bible may sound a little intimidating or a believer who's been around for years yeah and you still don't know and you maybe want fresh insight get a don't worry about it like just Keep leaning in. Right. Keep growing. There keep learning. Go. Just keep Perfect. keep that mind heart set. Keep that that fresh like curiosity. The Bible says yeah. to be like children. I mean, children come with questions. Right. Children come not knowing it all. They come they they come filled with awe and wonder yeah. and and excitement. Man, let's let's all be that way. Right. Towards the Bible and towards church and towards God. Let's just yeah. come with a childlike spirit. Right. You know and. I want to try to be the one to close us out. Let's do it. I just thought about it. I don't know if I know it well enough. Confessions of a pastor. Confessions of a pastor's wife. Pastor's wife, yes. <laughs> Thanks for joining us. Remember, nobody's perfect. We're all in process. So keep growing. Keep learning. Growing. Keep learning. Keep growing. And keep leaning in. Subscribe. <laughs> share. And we'd love to hear from you, yeah. your comments. And we're going to dive into a question that you're at. Friend is asking next time. So get ready. We'll see you.